You don't want facts. You don't want to hear another side. Rather sit back and be mad. You don't want to humanize anybody with a different view. Let it be a given. Many welcome, welcome, everybody. The Purpose Driven Podcast by Alex Cornwall. I am so freaking excited today to have Brian Mayerall with us. Brian, national speaker, number one national sales trainer for Tony Robbins. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Founder of Sell Up sales agency that teaches people how to get more yeses and just an all-around badass i mean really chief impact officer right now i love that so welcome brian thank you for being on yeah you make me sound like i'm six seven even though i'm like five seven so uh, i appreciate the warm introduction making my chest grow uh, making me feel real good so i appreciate you brother and you know i know you're the one that that reads off and and and, and introduces me but um, just so everyone knows, Alex is the highest caliber man too. Uh, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast unless you knew that as well. So excited to get after it with you. Well, I appreciate that, bud. And honestly, I'm really excited about this conversation we have. It's a conversation. I mean, yeah, we want it. I want my listeners and everybody to get to know you, what drives your intent, what drives your purpose, who you are, but honestly, let's just have a conversation. That's the ultimate goal. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation about why we do what we do. Honestly, yeah. that's, that's the whole goal of this. I, I feel like people are living their life with no purpose and no drive and no, they just don't know what to do. And so hopefully this inspires and touches people that it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, what you set out to do earlier, you can change. And there's opportunity to, for growth. There's opportunity to just become more and impact more people. So, you know, your story you know, I did a little research, you know, before these, I like to do even more research. I mean, we first met just a little back history. When was it? December? We talked on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, it and, was. And we immediately hit it off. I felt like I've known you forever on that conversation. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. I, um, you, I don't know. It's interesting when you talk to people on the phone for a living or you get to know people for a living there's just certain people that you have some kinship with. Like there's just the stars kind of align. You're like the, the feeling or the, the way that they say things or the types of words they use, or just the fact that they have a story that's similar to yours. Um, there is that, there is that camaraderie. And then and with you, it, with you is one of those light bulbs that went off for me for sure. Yeah. I remember our conversation distinctly and um, it resonated with mine. And so you, it's so interesting because you could talk to, a thousand different people in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And people could have similar stories to yours, but then sometimes like there's just certain people that when you get to know them or you hear them or you talk with them that just change your perspective or that you gravitate towards. And I felt the same way about you, brother. Oh, and I appreciate that. And I mean, bringing up stories, your story is freaking amazing where you've come, where you're going, where you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story and your background. Yeah, man. Um, it, I guess it. it depends on where you want to start, but let me give you like the, the gist of it. I was a junior high school PE teacher. Like most people growing up, they either accept or reject what their parents teach them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have a rebel spirit, but I accepted, um, kind of the path that my parents went, which is working for the government. I decided to be a junior high school PE teacher so I could coach football and that was going to be my dream. And, uh, I got there. And I didn't see all the warning signs when I was in college. Like, hey, I don't like what I'm doing. Yeah. I just thought everyone had parts of their job or parts of their career that they didn't like. 
and I fell into to teaching. I stayed in that career for four years, even though like after the first week, I knew it wasn't the right fit. After the um, first week, why why did yeah, you know? I, I just I just knew. Like I I didn't know anything about myself, if that makes sense. So like at that sense. stage in my life, um, I was just kind of I'm I'm a doer in a lot of a, a lot of the sense. Like I just do and do and do and do and do. And sometimes I don't pause to ask myself why I'm doing what I do. Okay. I just like, I understand that there's a play and let's go run the play. Right. It's a bit to be successful. And then I got there and I just accepted, I just accepted that maybe there's a lot of people that don't like their job, or maybe there's a lot of people who aren't fulfilled by what they do. And I just, I just stayed there. Um, and I got complacent and it started to eat away at me. And then um, I went through just some pain and just, depression for the first time in my life first time questioning like why should i even live what's the point of it you know yeah. like and i've never had those thoughts i've always I, most of my friends would tell you like when they call me uh i'm the strong one right like i'm the one that helps them with their problems and it was the first time i've ever had my own in that sense <laughs> and, uh, so, so you actually was, hid that feeling yeah you did yeah oh. most of the time wow. yeah it's a really good way of putting it right like people call and they're like, Brian, you know, I'm working through this, I'm working through that, and I, I help, 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 and then it, it probably um, is a good way for me to get outside of what's going on internally for me sometimes, that yeah. pattern. And, um, yeah, so in that in that case, at that time in my life, I didn't have the tools that I have now to get out of that experience. And I just I hit my version of rock bottom, um, was 35 pounds heavier than I am now, Wow. was depressed, and, um, like, questioning my life and had no motivation. And it was just, I, I had lost myself. And, um, I ended up, my best friend convinced me to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. I got hooked. I was like, Oh my God, you could be a good person and make a lot of money because the whole reason I went into teaching was like, I wanted to help people. Right. But yeah. I was like, you can't be a good person and make money. What a silly story that I told myself, but that's the story oh, yeah. that a lot of people tell themselves. And that's the one that I decided to latch onto, right? It was my excuse for not taking action. Yeah. And, um, and I got hooked, man. So that night, the first night, I don't know if anyone's been to a Tony Robbins seminar, you walk on fire, the whole thing. And, um, that night I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to do it. like, however he got to where he's at. This is the, this is the model I've been looking for to 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 do what I think I'm good at and well, it reminded me it ahead. reminded me of um some memories when I was younger and okay. um that kind of launched my career with Tony Robbins well let's go let's go back to that like what memories did that bring up because I've I've heard you say in other interviews and podcasts and and like I said I've read up a little bit you've yeah. always had that desire to help people you've always had that desire to impact and and to help people grow where did that come from yeah yeah I don't know if i had like some major aha event and you have the same thing i do alex i think that's probably why we connect i mean like if, for those of you who can't see the video like he's wearing a black collared shirt i'm wearing a black collared shirt we have about the same hairstyle he's other, got better hair than i do i mean it's other like, than this the, i mean your mustache is on point man i i don't think i could pull that off thank you brother thank you <laughs> uh, um work in progress per usual and um so, okay. So back to, I, um, I was at the Tony Robbins seminar and you do a lot of like internal work and deep breathing and meditation. So you realize memories pop up in your mind that you don't even know that yeah. you went through or that you had. And, um, it reminded me of when I was in second grade, 
sitting in the pews at church because I went to a Christian school. Uh, my mom raised me as a single mom and uh, I was a rebel, like I said earlier, so I wasn't the easiest kid. So she needed some help by like giving me some guidance through Christianity. Yeah. And so um, I, I remember sitting in the pews and I had chills when the pastor was speaking from stage. It's Pastor Plug. And he's just this old, old guy, white guy with like white hair. And I just, I don't remember the words that he said, but I remember like a visceral reaction that I had, like, like, like just this um, overwhelming sense of just purpose. Yeah. And I remember that, like, I looked around at everyone around me and everyone was like in awe and like listening to what he was saying. And I was more observing him as a human being, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, he has this room captivated. And I, I wouldn't have used the words captivated in second grade, but yeah. in, in, in retrospect, right. I was like, and I was like, I, this is, this will tell you a lot about my personality. I was like, I could do it better. Oh, I can do what he's Yeah. In second like, grade. I, in second grade. I was so competitive brother. Like to the point where like, I would like, like chuck basketballs at referees when they called fouls on me. Cause I was like, no, 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 no I want to like, or when I was younger, I have a great memory when I, we were, I must've been in like first or second grade, somewhere around then. And we were destroying the other team. And so the, the refs as little kids, they like just hand the other team, the ball to like give them a chance to score. Yeah. And I left the court. Cause, cause I wanted to like destroy the other team. You <laughs> like, even at that young age. Yeah. And my, my dad was a, my dad was a football head football coach. Okay. You know, we grew up all brothers. So it was super competitive, but it was also dosed with like competitiveness, but help other people. So that's kind of, and I remember sitting in that pew, I was like, I could do better than him. And then at Tony's, I just like recalled that at his event. And it all was just like, I've always wanted to help people by like helping a lot of people at once. Yeah. And Tony's doing that right now. So I applied for the position and um, about 18 months of like battling for it and eventually got it. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that battle. I mean, that journey in itself is absolutely amazing. I mean, you mentioned that, I mean, you became obsessed. Yeah. Like talk about that obsession of why did you want it so bad to be with Tony Robbins and to speak at his level? Utterly obsessed, man. Oh, I, I know. Bad. Like you would travel the world on your dime to everything and just, what did you yeah. say? And just volunteer. Well, I would love to hear your story too here in a little bit. Um, Cause yours intrigues me as well. Um, I'll, I'll do the best at getting into mine. I, I think when you experience so much pain and you lose yourself, the tendency is to latch on to opportunity. Yeah. Right. That's why when people are at their lowest point, they turn to faith sometimes. Or when people are at their lowest faith, they find their mentor, they find their breakthrough. Like everything bursts through pain. Oftentimes, not everything, but oftentimes it does, right? Yeah. And I think I just hit that spot and it was the right message from the right person at the right time that was aligned with whatever that spark was that captivated me in second grade. And it it, it, it all came full circle. So. That night I applied for a role. I was like, whatever, I got to go learn from him, right? So I go online, I look for the role and it says, you have to be one of the top 1% of salespeople in the entire world. I had never sold before. 
I was like, oh, of course that's me, right? So I'm so like full of juice and gusto from being at a Tony Robbins event. I can conquer the world. I can do anything, right? You're the most motivated you've ever been. I love it. And I was like, all right, I'm applying now. So I applied, didn't think anything of it. Two weeks later, I get a message and they're saying like, hey, we actually might be interested. We need you to take a personality test, yada, yada, yada. So of course, natural assumption is I can quit my job as a teacher. And of course, they're going to hire me. Yeah. So you quit? So I quit. Um, It was about two weeks later that I quit. And then I didn't end up leaving for like two months. I put in my resignation and the school year was over like two months later or something like that. And um, meanwhile, before I went to the Tony Robbins event, I had been applying for sales jobs because some things happened in my life. And that's a whole nother story. We can go into that another day, I suppose. In the second podcast we do. Yeah, it sounds Uh, good to me. Um, got into some real trouble. So I was looking for other jobs anyways. And, um, the interview process, they, they, they test you at Tony Robbins. Everything is a test, right? So you think you're close, but you're not, you think you're far away, but you're actually closer than you think. So it's a kind of a mind trick. Um, so I thought I was going to get it. And then, uh, I realized that it was going to take longer than what I anticipated. So I got a software sales job and then, I went from making like $62,000 a year as a teacher, maxing out how much I can make because I took all these extra courses to make more money. Yeah. And then I doubled my income in like three months doing sales. And I would spend every commission check on going to Tony Robbins events as a volunteer that didn't get paid and flew myself out around the country, staying in Airbnbs. Like one time I stayed in an Airbnb and it had like bed bugs. I mean, I was like, I was grinding, right? Yeah. And um, just to just to get in proximity of the people that could potentially get me a job with no promise, right? And back to your question about like what drove that, I think the drive was just like, I finally found something that I know I can be good at, that I know I'll like, and that will make a difference. And the byproduct will be making money. Right? I gotcha. And it aligned and and yourself to all that. And then align yourself as well with your second grade person, your second yeah. grade childhood. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So how long and were you with Tony Robbins? So it took me 18 months of doing that to get the role. Okay. And then I, I took off like a freaking freight train. Um, I ended up breaking multiple sales records for Tony Robbins was the first one ever to do it. Um, within his first like three months working there. I mean, cause I was obsessed, right? Like full obsession. And I don't tell anyone that to like boast about it. I tell you that because like, think about like wherever you're at in your life right now, like I was a PE teacher and a year and a half later, I became the number one sales trainer for Tony Robbins or not a year and a half later, 18 months or so later. Right. Yeah. That transition. If that, if I, it's still to me when I look back, I'm like, how the heck, the heck did that happen? So whatever position anyone is in, like you, you just have to go crazy at it. And um, so I was with Tony for like three and a half years total. And then I uh, launched my own thing last March in 2021. That's awesome. So what are, I've been wanting to ask you this question. Dive into three main takeaways you've learned while working with Tony. What are the three main points that you learned and why? Yeah. So I traveled to most of the major cities in the United States, lived in a different city every three months for those three years. So living out of a suitcase. And I met all different people from all different walks of life. Oh, I can only imagine. 
And um, number one thing I learned is to accept people, right? Being a young male who's very competitive, you know, um, especially in his 20s, right? And full of testosterone and bravado and all of the above. At 28 years old, you're forced into this position where, like, people are suicidal or like just gone through a divorce or their kid is suicidal and you have to help them and you're 28 years old and this is your first big time role and you're put in an authority position. Um, it wakes you up really quick to that. Everyone in life has got a story and everyone's just doing the best they can with the gifts that and, and st- skills they've been given and just to accept people for who they are and why they made it to where they're at. Yeah, That's number one. Number two is everyone everyone goes about getting what they want in different ways, but human beings want the same things, right? They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to, they want to have some level of love. They want to be certain that they're going to be alive. They want to give back to the world to some capacity, even the most crazy people. Um, So most human beings operate in the, on the same system. They just go about how they do it differently, different vehicles. And then the last thing is, is the skill of persuasion or influence, how powerful it is in every aspect of life. I mean, from touching down in a new city to convince the people to give you a better rental car, to convincing the person who's trying to commit suicide not to do it, to convince people to buy, to go to a Tony Robbins seminar to change their life, someone who's living out of their car who literally is like in debt living out of their car, convincing them to buy a ticket to go to Tony Robbins so that they could change their life. Like influences everything. Those are the main three things. Those are the main three. And how how have those helped define you and your path right now? I believe that um, at a fundamental level, if you care enough and you understand how people work, and if you have the skills of influence that you can get through to anyone. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. How about for you, brother? I want to hear your story. I know you're jumping into <laughs> firing off questions, but I want to hear about what got you into what you're doing now. I just have a desire to learn. Mm. Honestly, I have a desire just to, what makes people tick? What makes people do what they do? I mean, for me, my journey, I didn't, I was living that status quo life of just, Oh, poor pity me. Why is the world doing this to me? I was living that whole, you know, you've ever heard that saying, you know, life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. I lived most of my life that it was happening to me. And so I was always reacting to all the negative and all the, all the things that were happening. And it wasn't, again, I call them crossroads. It sounds like you've had crossroads in your life that, that decision, like, I don't like the way I'm going. And Mm -hmm. I have a few crossroads in my life. One was when I tried to commit suicide in 2016. Um, if it wasn't for my, my son, I wouldn't be here today. Um, saving my life. I was done defining crossroads that I knew I needed help. I knew I needed to get some, something going on. And it wasn't until like 2020, March of 2020, right before we actually spoke, you know, a few years before prior that, I made three declarations, like stop worrying about what other people think. Stop stop worrying about other people trying to take care of you because no one's going to come save you. No one's saving you. You're in Mm -hmm. this on your own. You've got to, you've got to make the decision to do it. 
and surround mm. yourself with those people. Number two, stop chasing money and start serving people. Yeah. And number three, stop chasing life and just start living it. And that forced me to become grateful for what I have. Be grateful for the cardboard box that I was living in at that time. Well, I wasn't, but I really had nothing to my name. Be grateful for the people that were in my life. Be grateful for that I at least had a hot shower that day. You know, you get back to the basics, those little things you, there's so often that we overlook. And I mean, really think about it. When was the last time you sat down and just like, man, we're sitting here on a camera talking and we're taking it for granted most of the time. When was the last time we just sat back and just be grateful? Be grateful that we ate food, you know, the little things. And so for me, the turning point was, was the law of gratitude and practicing it. And why I do what I do is if I can impact at least one person in my life, it's, I'm a success. Sure. And really, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. I, um, I, no wonder we're so aligned. Yeah. Um, so you talk about these crossroads and something I go back and forth on oftentimes is like, do people have to experience pain to make a big shift in their life? And I know you've experienced your fair share, obviously. Do you think without those experiences, you'd be the caliber of man you are today? You know, that's a great question. It's actually something that I've thought about and pondered a lot on. And I think, yes, I think I needed to experience what I've experienced in my life to impact the people that, that are waiting to be impacted. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, Everybody's got a story. And one thing I know about that story is a lot of them are similar. It's those people that are willing to go out and share it are the ones that are going to go help others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But through suffering, going back to your question, I think growth comes through suffering. Mm. I truly believe that when someone gets vulnerable, you know, you hear that word vulnerability a lot and they equate it to, um, weakness, you know, oh, vulnerability equals weakness. Well, if you really think about it, vulnerability is one of the strongest and most courageous courageous things you could feel because that means you're open to change. That means you're open to accepting the suffering or this issue or this thing that you're going through and you want to change, you want to grow. Mm. Embrace feeling vulnerable. Embrace that, you know, and so yes, for me, I needed to experience that. What about you? What do you, how do you feel? Yeah, I go, um, I'm at a stage now where I'm trying to find the nuance within things, right? Because, um, being, being in Tony Robbins for, and self-development for three and a half years. And then like a year and eight months of obsessing about it before that. Um, I, now, like, I do my best to, like, remove being Brian from trying to become a better Brian, right? Because um, I always speak, like, what I'm feeling. And, like, right now in my stage of my life, I am de- not detaching, but I'm learning to create separation between Brian constantly having to improve himself versus just, like, enjoying where he's at right i'm speaking to my about myself in third person never done that but here we are well i mean think about it it's that whole thing i just said it's stop chasing life and just start living it yeah yeah and 
right now I'm like that detachment is, is super important. And I try and find the nuance, right? Because like, I think vulnerability is great. And then there's, there's times that vulnerability for some people can turn into victimhood. Right. And then there's times where people use that vulnerability to become and strengthen. And I, I think it's very important because like, there's some people who hear like, well, I'm just being vulnerable. I'm just, well, be vulnerable and use that as a tool to pro to somehow expand your life yep. versus using it as something to shrink your life. I think that's kind of where my head goes around it right now. No, I, I agree with you on that. Like you've got to take action upon it. So many people just sit and dwell and they let it define yeah. them and they're not willing to actually take, take a chance on themselves that they can change. Yeah. I, you know what I'm and I think some people use it as almost like a weapon, right? Yeah. I agree. Like they use vulnerability as a weapon to like, um, to not take action, right? Or almost to like defend why they're, why they're at where they're at. Um, but I also think it's necessary for change, right? Because being vulnerable, I, I don't believe that you can have a strong ego and be vulnerable at the same time, yeah. right? And like ego prevents us from growth a lot of times because like we think, oh, I got it, or I don't need help or um, I, someone else is better, whatever, right? Yeah. That ego gets in the way of growth sometimes. And so you need a dose of like vulnerability or humility to question the ego and ask for help or ask for a different perspective, open yourself up to a different perspective. But you also need enough ego to not get victim, victim mentality through vulnerability. I think there's like a balance there. Yeah, I, I agree. It's such an, it's such an interesting concept to me, like really thinking about, okay, victim and Victor, you know, it's so easy to fall into victim. Like, Oh, poor, like I lived my life 10 years. It was always about the, the, my surroundings or the people or, or my environment, but I never accepted it for myself. And that's why me, when I became vulnerable, I became vulnerable to myself. Mm. It wasn't for other people. I became vulnerable within here, within my knowing going, no, you, you want this change. You need it. You need to embrace this vulnerability and actually do something with it. So for me, it was more internal than external. And I think that people use that vulnerability externally do get victimized and, and go down that road. But if you truly use it for you inside and you actually act upon that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you, brother. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's self-improvement is where, let me ask you this. I mean, you, you've said you've been in this realm now three, four years, you know, in the self-improvement realm, what made you decide to go down that road? I know you hit on it a little bit, uh, but like, why? I, I want to know uh, the why, why, why are you, why did you go down yeah. I think there's like the logical reason why. And then there's also the, like the, um, like the, the faith and belief in people. I think logically, right. I, I, I'm naturally a servant, right? Like my, I grew up with parents who work for the government who work to help other people. Right. Yeah. Um, in essence, right? Like I'm not serving a job. They're, they're literally there as like a servant to the, to 
other human beings, right? Other people grow because of their abilities, right? So I've always, that's just deeply ingrained growing up with a football coach and the teachers all around me and the whole thing, right? So I think I've always had that piece. And then the, the mechanics of it is like, I have the desire to be great. I have the desire to compete. I have the desire to financially succeed. And then you match that with my desire to help people. I used to think that you couldn't do both. And so when I learned about self-development, I said, oh, there's a different way than learning than traditional schooling. People can learn about themselves and change their entire life. And because it had an impact in my life, now here's here's the non-mechanics, but here's like the deep reason. Because self-development had such a profound impact in my life, and I've seen it had such a profound impact in other human beings' life. I had to then question what my purpose was. Yeah. And it came down to, I want to help people, right? When you, Whenever you ask people who are like good-hearted people that are lost, they can't find their purpose, one of the first things that they'll say is, I just want to help people. Okay? Yeah. How do you want to help people, right? Do you want to be a tax attorney? Do you, do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to, like, how do you want to help people? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Like, what is it? And most people say, I, I don't know, right? They're looking for the right vehicle to help people. And then it comes down to what are the personal experiences that you can connect with that give you a desire that match with your skills, right? Yeah. That match with your natural ability, with your personal experiences, with a, that will create the vehicle that makes sense for you. And for me, um, it was just like, I was just, it, it blew my mind that you could help that many people at once. And the shift that it created in me internally and my whole life was about helping people. This was a better way to help people than traditional schooling. And I just can't see people suffer when there are tools out there to help them not suffer, right? Or to, yeah. to help them thrive through life. And like now, now that I've seen tools, it's like, I have to share them. Like, I, like there are ways to get out of suffering. There are ways to get out of depression. There are ways to get out of anger. There are ways to get out of sadness. There are ways to get out of all those experiences that we don't want. There are ways to get out. And as soon as that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I got obsessed. Like, like all this time, I'm like, like you can teach kids about, uh, the right punctuation and math. And that's all cool. Cause people have to respect you and, and know that you're like a decent human being and you know, like the basics, but like that doesn't help you in the real world, most people. And it's like the skills that no one teaches you, the skills that no one talks about is like, Hey dude, you got an argument with your lady today and it's affecting the way that you're impacting work. And if you don't figure out how to interact interface with the woman that you love the most or the man that you love the most, guess what happens? bad things start to happen later down the road because it compounds. Yep. So you got to figure it out now how to be happy yourself in order to make someone else happy. Yeah. And um, it's magic, man. I mean, it, it impact everything comes down. You know this, I'm preaching the choir, but like everything comes down to belief systems, emotions, thought patterns, behaviors, right? And it, once you realize that everyone's playing by the same kind of rules, you can help anyone. Back to what so I true. said earlier, right? When I was traveling with Tony, it's like, once you understand that everyone is playing from the same mechanics, same rules, right? 
I, Alex, I didn't go through your experience of life, but I don't need to go through your experience of life to feel what you felt before. Because guess what? I felt sadness. I felt depressed. I felt anger. I felt frustrated, right? And everyone who's listening to this right now, you don't need to go through someone's experience to understand that they're having a human experience. Yeah. It's like you said, everybody goes through it in different ways. Yes. Everybody goes through it in different ways. And that's one thing. I love what you, what you said there. Basically, this is what I've noticed too, getting into this realm and coaching and helping people. You could have all the systems, tools, techniques, and you know, I'm in the real estate realm. I coach realtors. Um, and you could have a whole business set up ready for you to go. All you have to do is plug in and get to work. But if your mindset isn't there, if your belief system isn't there, if there's something holding you back, if you're arguing, if your personal life is not there, are you going to implement it? No. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do it? No. Those skill sets and those systems, I don't care if you are the best person on the phone. If your self-confidence is not there, you will not achieve. You won't implement. So I, and I think it's funny too, is like the more studying I've done and the more, you know, I've gotten in and, and looking at all this, so many coaches and so many people, like they go immediately to skill set. Yeah. They go immediately. Like, like they go, I mean, you're in, you, you, you are, you are teaching at a high level sales, you know, let's jump into that a little bit. I mean, really think about that. How important is it for those, for people in sales in general, just to find their purpose first? You're hitting so many points there. Um, I'll give everyone this example. Um, most everyone who has gone to like Nordstrom before or like the, the, the average place to go pick up clothes, right? And the best way I like to describe it is like you walk in and everyone knows, right? That the people at Nordstrom, the reason you get such great service is because they get paid commission to sell you things, right? Yeah. Right. And that's a good example of how commission can work in a really great way. So you walk up and you walk in for your favorite pair of pants. You're like, I'm looking for blue jeans that are um, modern fit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the first person approaches you and they say like all the right things. They're like, oh, well, do you want this fit that? They ask all the right questions. They say all the right things, right? They are a well-trained salesperson. They have the techniques, they have the skills, they have the strategies. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this, you know yes. what I'm talking about. Someone just says all the right things. But there's just something weird about it. Like they give you this weird feeling, or they give you like this ickiness, or this neediness, or this like they're saying stuff, words are coming out of their mouth, but like they're not a happy person, or whatever it is, right? You could just sense it. Like you don't even need to explain it, but you can sense it. And then there's the person that comes up to you at Nordstrom, just like that crazy uncle that everyone has in their family that says all of the wrong things. All of the wrong things. They don't know what they. They don't even know where the. They don't even know where the right pants are at that you have. But immediately when they walk up, they are smiling. They are joyful, and they just make you feel good. Not because they're trying to make you feel good, because they are actually a happy person. Yep. And before you know it, you spend forty-five extra minutes at Nordstrom because. Susie walked you around and she was just like, I don't know. Do you have you ever tried this shirt? And you're like, nah, it's not even the kind of shirt. I know, but it would look good on you. And you're like, you know what, Susie, you're right. It probably would because she puts you in a state of emotion that she has. That's the key. 
Mo- you can fake it, right? Like some people yeah. can fake it, right? They can they can throw on the mask and like pretend they're happy and the whole thing, but eventually people sniff out the bullshit, right? You can smell the asshole when you smell it, right? Yep. And when someone's got bullshit, you know, right? You can get away with it for some people, right? But eventually there's kinks in the armor. It and will as soon catch as he up. Can come up to you, as soon as he can come up to you, say all the wrong things, you walk out 45 minutes later than what you intended, and you walk out paying double what you intended because Susie just has that it thing, right? She just makes you feel good. She just smiles, not because she's trying to smile as a technique, but because she actually is a happy person, right? Yeah. That is what we call the law of attraction. That is what we call whatever you want to call it, guys. Whatever term you've heard, that is called someone who is genuinely fired up, excited, passionate about what they do, whatever trigger word helps you. Right. Yeah. And that is sales. Right. But like you said, Alex, and same thing in real estate, right? It's like someone can teach you the, the how to be the best listing agent or the best selling agent, or they can teach you how to do the exact technique and ask for the 10 things that someone wants. Okay, great. Those are all perfect. You need those. But if you can't make someone feel good because you feel good, the one like this for this podcast, like remember this, everyone, you cannot transfer a feeling to someone else that you don't possess. Dude, I love that. Everyone who's listening to this, whether you're in sales or whether you're a mom or a dad or an uncle, auntie, whatever, I don't care if you work at a telephone booth, whatever, you cannot pass along a feeling that you do not possess. In order to make someone else feel happy, guess who you guess what you have to be? Happy. Because if you're around someone long enough, it's going to happen through osmosis. And guess what? The person who is the most authentic about the way that they feel and is actually that type of person will infuse with the other person. They'll like, it's like dropping like blue dye, like blue food coloring Mm -hmm. in in a clear water. Eventually it just, it absorbs or that, or that person wants to get away from you because they can't handle how happy you are. Yeah. So you repel the people who are not like you and you attract the people who want to be like you or who are already like you. And that is selling, not, not a technique. And you possess that so well, like you learn that. And I think Alex, because, because you went through what you've gone through and you've questioned yourself, you question your reason for living and then you found gratitude well, like you make me feel grateful for being on this podcast. Like when you well, called you. me, right. Yeah. Or when we talked on the phone, I was like, of course I'm going to say yes to Alex. Cause the way you made me feel when we were on a phone call over six months ago, do you yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's that. And I think you actually said this when you look at people as a commission check and not as human beings, yeah. you've got a bass backwards. Yeah. Ass backwards. Yeah. Ass backwards. Yeah. Bass yeah. backwards. You like that? <laughs> good. You should use that though. That I know great. I'm going to. No, you've got it backwards, you know, and I, I've always tried to live my life. When sales becomes service, all pressure goes away. You've heard that saying. When sales becomes service, all pressure away. So how can I serve this person? How can I communicate in a giving way versus a taking way? I don't want to be a taker. I want to be a giver. So what value mm-hmm. can I bring to this person? Yeah. That was a shift yeah. that I had a few years ago as well. And it's amazing. My personal business skyrocketed because of it, just because there's no pressure. There's no pressure. I think, 
I think you just got to love people, right? As a sales professional, either you have to love business or you have to love people depending on who you're selling to. Because when you're talking to someone, the only way to be like genuinely interested in helping that person is if you love them to, to your core. And you truly want to help them and you truly want to help them. Like it's not the day you stop looking at someone as a transaction or, Ooh, there's a paycheck, you know? I mean, really think about it, Brian, when was the last time you wanted to be sold to? Unless it's something that I want already. Like I came to the call, like, like, unless I'm like, Hey, I'm on this call today. Like we, we bought a software for my company last week. Right. We called them because we wanted them and they made it such a difficult process. We're just like, just give us what we want. So in that case, sell me hard. Like I want to buy now. Right. But in, but that's like one out of every 10 people. Right. Exactly. Now we're talking about the other nine. Never, never. When was the last time you wanted to be presented to never? When was the last time you wanted a genuine conversation? All the time. So why don't we just get rid of sales and just have conversations and provide value? Yeah. Because isn't that yeah. what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. How do you get yourself? Because you talk about gratitude, right? And we go back to like, I can't give someone what I don't possess. How do you get yourself there every day? What's your ritual? My ritual is in the morning, I am very, 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 very particular about my morning ritual. I wake up early and it's me time. Um, a lot of times I, I, I do have a, a gratitude journal that I write in every day where I write down my gratitudes, what I'm grateful for. I write down my intentions, what I want to intend to do, my purpose, why I do what I do, what I'm attracting, um, write out my goals. But for me, it starts in the day. If you can't master your morning routine, you're not going to master anything. So master your morning routine. Am I perfect at it? No. I mean, ask my wife. You know, there's sometimes I wake up late and everything. But I do know that the 80% of the time that I do do it, it's better than none. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's for me is acknowledging it and giving myself permission to be grateful and acting upon the gratitude that I do have. So for example, I, I truly believe there's a difference between the law of gratitude and just being grateful. You know what I'm saying? You can be grateful for everything, but actually practicing the law of gratitude is for example, I mean, when was the last time you thought of somebody just, man, I'm really grateful that they're in my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we have those thoughts all the time, but when was the last time we actually text them? Hey man, thank you for being in my life. I know we haven't spoken for a while, but I really am grateful for you. That's practicing the law of gratitude is actually going one step further and putting action behind it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I look for action and ways I can take action upon the gratitude that I have. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I love that man because I think, um, another way to be connected as a human being is coming from a place of service Mm -hmm. and even the you feeling gratitude and then giving gratitude to others is, is even a higher state, a higher level of fulfillment and happiness because human beings naturally want to be connected with each other and experience each other. No one wants to be alone. And when we can share that gratitude, that love, that joy, whatever it is, that feeling with someone else, that fills our own cup too. It does. And, and what does that do to, I mean, really think about it. 
what other way could you serve than just being grateful for other people? I think that is one of the highest levels of service you can have is just reaching out and saying, man, I'm really grateful that you're in my life, Brian. I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to speak today. You know Same. what I'm saying? And so, yeah. but if it's, if, if, if all relationships were created upon gratitude, how much more fulfilling are they? You know what I'm saying? Totally. So I live totally. my life. Honestly, I just, I, I, I purposely acknowledge it and I just strive to, I, I won't lie to you. I have hard days still depressed. I mean, we all go through those same emotions like you were talking about anger, happiness, depression. I still have those days. And those are the days that I, I double down on my gratitude. It's like, no, go find five people you're grateful for. Write them down, mm. call them out. You know, you can't be depressed and grateful in the same time. You just can't. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Oh man. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, it's, this has been awesome, man. This has been so awesome. I mean, let's talk, I want to do, I want to ask you a, a couple other little things about your current business that you have right now. I mean, you're cool. able to travel the world or travel the United States. Do you travel the world world or just the United States? Right the now? US. Just yeah. Mostly it the US. Tends to go overseas. Okay. Why did you decide to break off and start sell up? I mean, what was the whole intent behind that? Yeah. I decided when I went to that first Tony Robbins seminar, when I was a school teacher that I was going to run my own company. Okay. So the Tony Robbins part of it was part of the longer term vision. Um, my, my role with Tony Robbins was to model Tony. Tony talks about like the fastest way to growth is modeling someone else, yep. um, and go find someone that you can model after that's doing what you want to do. And that's what I did. Um, and I wanted to start my own thing and I hit 30 years old and I was like, that's, it's time. It's just time. Like, right. Like 30 if I don't years, do this 30 years this, old. Yeah. You're a young yeah. buck, man. Yeah, I and I, um, I, I'm 31 now, but I, when I hit 30, I was like, the time is now, I know the next stage of my life is going to be like kids and stuff like that. And it's just time. And I, I know now not to hesitate when I have a feeling, I think one of the things that kills people is their hesitation, um, kills all dreams, right? The, the distance between the moment you make a decision in your mind to the moment that you take an action to solidify that decision, the more distance, the less likely you are to follow through. Right. So now it's like a trigger. If you can't, like one of my favorite sayings from Tony is if you can't, you must, if you can't, you must, if you can't, you must. Right. Yeah. So if I ever get a feeling of uncomfortable, like I can't do this, then I have to. Right. So um, I started getting that feeling at 30 and I just, I just took off like a freight train. So now um I wanted to, because I was in self-development for so long, I wanted to have a vehicle that I could teach these skills versus just teaching these skills to teach the skills. Because I think there's a lot of people who get into self-development and unfortunately or fortunately, right, they get in the perpetual state of, I need to better myself, I need to better myself, I need to better myself and never feeling totally whole. And yeah. then they get addicted to what's the next event or what's, the next course or what's the next learning that I can go to because I'm not enough right now. Even though they say all the words, right? They they know all the techniques, like, but they haven't embodied them and they haven't gone to do. And 
when I was working at Tony Robbins, I noticed that if I didn't start doing like going to live my own dream, I was becoming the person who just regurgitated, but didn't follow my own path. And it, it, I was just like, how could I work for the number one success brand in the world who literally says from stage that the best self-development you could ever go through is starting your own business or starting your own thing or building your own mission and then teaches how to do it from stage and then not do it. Like, exactly. I was like, it, dude, it go, it's time. So I started my own thing last March. I, um, I just so happened to be really natural at influence and, and helping other people get what they want, yeah. which is in sales. In other words, right. I love getting someone to say yes. I love turning on someone's light bulb getting someone who wasn't a believer to a believer, getting someone to fork over the cash because they believe in themselves enough to do it. Like I love those moments of decision because I believe that decisions shape our life, right? Tony's quote. Now the moments of decision is when our destiny is shaped, right? And there's no true words for my own life and the people that I've come across, right? If I can be the catalyst of that decision, I think it's one of the most powerful things that you can do in someone's life. So I use this. I use the vehicle of sales to teach self-development now because yeah. where I'm at in my life is I want to get people real world, tangible results in addition to making them a better person. So is it fair to say that you're, it's basically that 80, 20 rule, 80, 20, 80% of its mindset, 20% of its skill set. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. And I think, um, Oftentimes people get so stuck on, and this is where I'm kind of going through this shift right now, but like people get so stuck on the technique of self-development versus like, I'm obsessed with the target that I'm going after and I'll have to become the person I want to be in order to reach that target. Right. If I go back to my own story, right. I went to Tony Robbins. I learned the skills. I learned the techniques, but I was so obsessed with, becoming the national sales trainer and peak performance strategist, going and give speeches all over the United States that I was so dedicated on that target that in order to get that role, I had to become more. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't focused on the techniques every day. It was focusing on the target, the results and being aware of who I'm becoming along the way. So I think sometimes people can get obsessed about the technique obsessed about the how instead of just like, Hey, what do, what do I want in my life? You go, obs- go obsess about it and then become the person that gets you there. Um, I think that right now that's my truth and my key for where I'm at in my life and my understanding of the world based off of leaving the organization, becoming my own version of, you know, uh, Brian Mayroll at this stage. So I have, a, I'm at, man. I have a great mentor that he always says, um, you're you, who you currently are today is in direct correlation, how much money you make. So if you want to earn more, become more. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So many people yeah. look for outside forces, yeah. outside experience, you know, but look within to earn more money or to impact more people to provide that income. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he yeah. says that all the time. So what are three common denominators you see? Cause you talk with a lot of people in sales now. I mean, you're traveling the United States talking with a lot of people. What are like two or three common denominators you see for people? And you've already hit on a lot of them that succeed that or, and that don't succeed in sales. Yeah. Before, before going there, can I touch on that beat so you can have things? Absolutely. 
please do a tangible thing for anyone who's like, what does that mean? Like, how do I apply it? Here's what I want you to do. If you got a pen and paper around or write these notes later, or think about it for when you park your car, if you're on the treadmill, think about it for later, but I want you to throw, draw a circle on a piece of paper and then draw a circle around that circle bigger, right? Leave some space in between. So it's like a ring and then draw another circle, a bigger circle around that second one, like a ring, right? So you think about like Saturn or I think Saturn's got rings around it. So think about it as like rings. Okay? <laughs> in the middle circle, I want you to put B. In the second ring, I want you to put do. And in that last ring, I want you to put have. Right? So what Alex was saying, and he already knows this, but just so you have something tangible to walk away with, like in that outer circle, I want you to write all the things that you want to have in your life. A $400 million yacht, a private plane, a beautiful lake house, a beautiful oceanfront home. I want to have 10 kids. I want to have two kids, I, whatever, right? All the things that you want to have, right? Yeah. Then in that second ring, you're going to want to write the, the things down that you're going to have to do in order to have those things. And you can list a million, I'm sure. Just have fun. List as many as you want. And then what you're going to realize that in order to have those things, you got to do those things. And if you feel overwhelmed about all the things that you have to do, or you don't know how to do those things yet, which you don't, because if you did know how to do them, you would already have the results. Yep. Okay. That's a big key for everyone. If you don't have the things that you want in life, you don't know how to do it. Everyone says like, I already know how to do that. Well, then why aren't you getting the results? There's a difference between knowing and doing, right? So it's not enough to intellectually know. You have to have done the actions to really know, right? Yeah. Um, so there, in that do phase, write down all the things that you have to do. And then you're going to realize that there's a lot of things that you have to do that you don't know how to do yet, which brings you down to that middle circle. That's the B circle. Who do you right? got to become? Who do you have to become? Who do you have to be in order to do the things necessary to have the things that you want? So most people only focus on that outer ring, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Most people who um, just want, want, want the people who like post about like yachts all the time, but they don't have one. They're still living in their, in their mom's basement. Right. Like they like, I want, I want, I want, I want, and I want have this and I have that and have that and have that. And they're focused on that outer ring. And then very few people will focus on that. Like do thing. Well, what do I got to do? Right. They take it a step deeper. The people who finally get themselves there, whether they are self-development people or not, because there's a lot of people who are very successful that, haven't done a lot of self-development let's just call spade a spade but because they're such achievers they had to become something in order to do those things in order to have those things so that's important back to your question bro can you can you repeat it really quick yeah i mean what are what are two or three things i mean you talk to a lot of salespeople, and thank you for that explanation by the way i i'm it's so true like expanding on that a little bit more the day i started living like okay who do i need to become is the day my life yeah. changed. So I hope people actually listen to what that and actually do that because it changed my life. The great exercise for anyone who hasn't done it. Yet. Changed my life. So no, the question I had is like, you talk to so many people in sales and I guarantee you see people that are successful and that aren't. And like, what's the common denominator between all these people that are successful? I mean, you've already hit on some of them, but What's the one, two main things that you, points that you see? Yeah. Number one is a furious or relentless desire 
to be successful at it. You get obsessed. Yeah, furious or relentless desire to succeed. And people are driven by different things. There are some people who are driven by money and don't care about helping people, but still find a way to be at the top of the totem pole um, simply because their desire to be successful. So they'll mold themselves into what they have to be, which makes them more of a servant type person um, in order to reach that desired outcome. Right. So their intent, um, their, the reasons for doing so are different, but um, that the relentless desire has to come first. Second is, and that comes down to mindset guys. Okay. You can shift your mindset. Um, Number two, I would say is the deep desire to solve problems and help people. And number three, I think does come down to product knowledge, industry knowledge, knowing what, what you need to be doing in order to be successful. Right. Cause you can't sound silly. You can have all the desire in the world, but if you sound silly or you, you haven't done the work on yourself and you haven't known the skills and it's sometimes you come off clunky. So I think, Deep desire and furious, furious intent to want to succeed. Number two is the desire to, to help people and help solve problems. And then number three, I think, is skill set, right? And here's the beautiful thing. Every sing- all of those, none of those are inherent gifts that you have to have. They're all something you can learn. Yeah. I would say that for people in the, in the career of sales do typically have a personality type, but you can be massively successful at influence in different ways with those three things that I mentioned earlier. Right. But people who are like the kind of person who likes shaking hands, kissing babies on the phone, meeting new people all day, that's a certain personality type as well. Right. There are some people who can be incredibly influential, but not in sales, right? So I want to distinguish between a sales career and someone who's good at influence, very different, right? One is the career, the vehicle. The other one is is the, the, um, the ability to influence other people, like a business owner, for example. You can have business owners who are engineers, right? Yeah. That are not extroverts, that are not like overly dominant, that want to like solve problems and keep solving problems, right? Uh, in that way, they like to reverse engineer things and they want to poke holes in things. Right. And oftentimes they're not the most gregarious or outgoing. Right. Yeah. But they do have to learn the skill of influence to get the right people on their team, to get their team to buy in to when they're at the negotiation table or they're trying to get bought out when they're trying to sell their company, the skill of influence is going to play a role in all of that, but their career isn't a salesperson, right? Versus you can have a business owner who is the, um, the charismatic leader type who is more outgoing. That person might be the front person who's always um, selling and always pushing the company forward from an, an extrovert perspective, uh, perspective, right? That person is more of the sales uh, type, right? Um, and then there's those people who... Um, first you got to like people, man. Like if if you're the archetype of sales, you have to like people. You can't be someone who just does not like people because eventually you're going to burn yourself out. It's just not your natural energy. And then you got to be someone who like, like is the, uh, I want to go get after it. And then you also on top of liking people to make a career out of sales, like 
20 years, you have to like interacting with people. So liking people and liking interacting with people are two different things. Expand on that. Say it again. Expand on that. Right. So I can love people as a marketer. Yeah. But marketing means I find a way to contribute to humanity by not having to interact with a bunch of new people every single day. Right. But the things that I'm doing are going to make an impact, but I don't have to interface with a lot of, a lot of new people every day. Right. So that's loving people, but not loving having to interact with people every day. I get what you're saying. Following, yeah, right? I'm sure. Totally. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I was like, but yeah. a salesperson, like the person who's shaking hands, kissing babies on phone calls all day, that person has to one, typically like people, two, have that like dominant type personality to like get people to say yes, even though it makes that other person feel uncomfortable. That's a trait too. And then uh, three, um, they have to love interacting with humans. Right. So the desire to help, they have to have that skill. That's like, wait, this person's on the fence. I can like nudge them over. That's a, that's a natural inkling for someone who's a, maybe a little bit more competitive. Right. Yeah. And um, it's like, no, I can get that person to say yes. That's a little bit more of a dominating type personality. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. Um, and then the, 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 like I get energy from like, you can feel me right now. Right. Oh, I yeah. love talking to people. So I'm on this call. I can't shut up. Right. Because it's just my natural thing. Like I get energy from talking to you, Alex. Like, but there's some people who are like checking the minutes and like, I can't wait to get off. I can't wait to get off. I can't wait to get off that person while they can, they can do sales very well. The longevity is going to be an issue. Yeah. They're going to get burnt out. Yeah. They're definitely going to get burnt out and everything like that. I love that. You have to interact with people. The interaction is, is key in sales. But I mean, even with all that said, Again, I go back to the purpose. If their purpose isn't there, if they don't know what they want or why they want it, they're not going to do it. No. Exactly. Do you see, do you exactly. see that often? Yeah. Um, I got, I, I, it's very rare that the best salesperson is the top performer. Interesting. Everyone, I want everyone to listen to that. Again, it's very rare that the best salesperson, quote, air quotes, if you could see me, is the top performer. Why the top that? performer is usually the person that Alex is describing who has got the mindset, the confidence. And, and when we say confidence, so overused, but like th- that, what that really means is they respect themselves and they have a desire to overcome or help people in some type of way. Like that mindset of, I will do whatever it takes. They get obsessed. And your vehicle yeah. could be different, right? Some of your, it's like green piece of paper that look like lettuce, right? Some people, it's like, I want to go on vacation this year. Some people, it's like, I want the recognition for being number one. Other people, it's like, I just want to help more people. The vehicle could be different, but whatever that, you have to get your burning desire. You have to figure out what is my burning desire. And whenever that heat becomes so hot, that rocket takes off. And that's when it feels like it's just like soaring versus like fighting yourself. Yeah. And the people who are soaring have that rocket fuel. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. I see it every single day, you know, with people in real estate. I love that. Your best sales. There's always the realtors. So I went into I mean, like, so crazy. when I was with Tony, I went into like 850 companies. About 600 of them were real estate. And let me tell you this. The top performers in real estate oftentimes 
aren't always the hardest workers. Oh no. They, they usually are the person that's not the best at sales. They just make you feel good. They're good at kissing hands and shaking babies or sorry, kissing babies and shaking hands. (laughs) Either way. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. They've gotten themselves to a place where they have a burning desire and they make you feel good. They're able to connect with people. More people want to be around them. Yeah. They're able to connect. I've noticed the people that are highly successful in real estate, they're good at building relationships. And how do you build relationships? Man, they communicate at a very high level, meaning they shut up and listen after they talk. Yeah. That's one thing. So many people think communication, that, that skill set of communication is, oh, I got I to gotta talk. I got to talk. No, 80% of communication is listening. Mm, important. That's huge. And in real estate, I think in every sales, it's the people that master the communication, the art of communication and asking genuine questions are the ones that make it with intent and purpose behind them. Yeah. I love it, Brian. I love that. So working, I mean, we're wrapping up a little bit. What, what's, what does the next five years look for you? Yeah. Where do you see yourself? Yeah, we're going to scale this company right now. My main focus is the company. I'm at a stage of my life where I'm in, I'm in a building phase, right? So like everything's about how do I build? How do I build? How do I set up my future family? So um, when you ask that question, there's a lot of ways I can answer it in terms of like health and relationships. But right now that I'm the main thing in my life, the thing that takes up probably 80% of my mental space is my business. Um, So having said that five years from now, we will have scaled this thing to somewhere around the hundred, hundred and twenty million dollars in revenue per year. That's amazing. And we will be impacting a lot of lives. And more importantly, um, the impacted lives that will happen for people within the company, I think is what I'm most excited about. And that will create the type of life that me and my family will deserve. I'll have a couple babies, probably second baby on the way by that time. I love it. And um, I'll have, uh, by that time, it'll be time to purchase multiple homes right around that time, not before then. And um, we'll be ready to either acquire other companies or exit one of the two. I I don't know if I'm ever an exit kind of guy just because I love what I do. It's like, what would I do with my time? Like, yeah that helping people. So we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when it comes, but right around there, um, married kids, business cranking and, uh, still running marathons, still training. That's where I see my life. I love it. I love it. How can people find you? Yeah. Um, just my first and last name name on any social platform. It's just Brian with an I last name mayor al m-a-y-o-r-a-l like mayor with the word al at the end um and by the way alex yes i promise you this so we want we have a couple of giveaways okay oh so yeah 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 you do anyone who is looking to get into sales or anyone who is looking to level up in their sales career okay we have a free giveaway for the top five of you and it's going to be a free session with a coach from my team on how you can get there asap Okay. So you got to DM me the word sell up, sell up on any of my platforms. And we will put you in touch with the coach who will give you a free session. And then on top of that, 
anyone, if anyone decides that they want to like master the skill of sales and get certified by my company, we give out certifications. It's an eight week boot camp that we have coming up. Everyone who um, tells us that they've listened to your podcast, we're going to give them 500 bucks off. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Guys, go get that DM, get that free coaching. I mean, can I sign up for it? I want it. Always. <laughs> I love it, man. Brian, thank you so much for being on today. Um, I hope this is listened by many people. Your story is inspiring. I can't wait to have you on again because I really want to dive deep into, you know, those other little stories that you said we could. Um, yeah. To find that purpose out a little bit more. I think it's important that people hear stories like that and hear your story. Dude, you're going places. I'm honored to be your friend, to be here, and just to know you. Thank you for everything you do for just all the impact you make, man. You inspire me. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you, brother. I take that straight to my heart. Um, you're a blessing to this earth. Your story is going to change a lot of people's lives. And for anyone um, that is listening to this podcast, keep an eye on Alex because his heart is bigger than this podcast is right now. And I know it's just going to continue to grow and so will his service. So um, follow this man make it happen. Make sure that you guys are latching on to whatever he says, cause he's done the work and he really wants to help. It's clear as day. So I'm grateful for you, brother. Thank you guys. And guys, thank you once again for being on the podcast, the purpose driven podcast, uh, come next week. I look forward to seeing the, the comments and everything on this. So thank you. Yeah. Let's fire off guys. See you soon. Rather sit back and be mad. You don't want to humanize anybody with a different view. Let him be a given any kind of past. You don't want this. You don't want that.